poison Rana. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Brayden Harrington here with Davey Portman for Poison Rana. You found us on whatever podcast app you are using, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Rip Stitcher, but any other podcast app you're using, hit that subscribe, hit that five-star review, and of course, we are live. Live on YouTube.com slash at Poison Rana pod. Hello, little tadpoles. Hello. Yes. Poison pals, tadpoles wrestling friends we are here today to talk about some wrestling there was a lot of wrestling this weekend is that just a statement wrestling fans should just say every week going forward most weekends but i think this weekend was quite ridiculous you had you know uh to start with the usual rampage collision and then on top of that you had battle of the belts you had tna hard to kill you had new japan battle in the valley uh, there was probably someone else we're missing as well. Women of Wrestling, the real main event last oh, night. Wow, Come on. Okay. The return of Santana Garrett in ring. Come on. Damn. Everything going on in the world of wrestling. It never, never stops. If you thought 2023 was a crazy year for wrestling, I really think 2024 will uh, even take that a bit further because it seems like wrestling is just hotter than it ever was. If WWE gets like super red hot as it, as it has as of late, it just raises the stock of wrestling full stop i i I think i think having your aews your your tnas your new japans all the gcws everything just rises in stock and popularity if wwe does and i think we're going to see a lot more of that in in 2024 so great time to be a wrestling fan and it's just the beginning of the year and we're already going off of dual screening or what should i watch first and i saw you were you were double screening Last night. Was that the first time in a while we've done that? You hate to do that. I know that. Uh, I don't like doing it when I like actually want to watch something. But when you're like picking and choosing between pay-per-views, it, it's pretty fun. Yeah, I, I normally work Saturday nights, but I haven't been feeling too well. So, uh, you know, camped out in the living room, set up the two screens, uh, had like TNA and Collision on the go and then moving on to Battle in the Valley. And yeah, I just kind of flick around, like put the change what. I want to watch when I want to watch it kind of thing. But yeah, it was, was good fun. Yeah. So we'll uh, chat all about everything going on and, and more. We are live here on Sunday. We tend to go live on Sundays here for Poison Rana. We usually flip flop between two and three, depending on how much wrestling there is to, to catch up. You said you usually work Saturday night. Sometimes I do as well. So it's sometimes Sunday, like morning, early afternoon, trying to cram in everything from you know not being spoiled and and everything this this wasn't too bad because uh, again we kind of both weren't working but i i spent my my morning and early afternoon today kind of catching up and cherry picking through all the different wrestling that i wanted to watch so not a bad problem to have on a on a sunday the frogs day uh so thanks for joining us if you're joining us uh appreciate you we will be back on tuesday night for post wrestling for the up next show the post show for NXT. We'll be chatting all about that and everything going on there on the road to St. Valentine's Day. No, Vengeance Day. So Vengeance in, Day. Yeah. In a little while. So that's the next show to be looking forward to from there. So uh, tune in on Tuesday to hear all our thoughts on NXT. Appreciate all you NXT friends out there. Uh, but we have a ton of other podcasts uh, here on this very free feed. You can check out the latest episode of Eagles Don't Hunt Flies. Dickie Bird, Martin Bushby, and Brandon from New Jersey. They chat all about John Moxley. It's a John Moxley mixtape. 
once a month, the lads get together and chat about John Moxley. And I haven't listened to this week's yet, but I, I have it queued up and I can't wait. I know they're going to talk about Ambrose punk and kind of a bit of all that stuff. So uh, definitely check out that show on this feed. I'm just uh, the most interesting thing. Well, no, no, no. It's a it's a great show. But one of the interesting things coming out of this is uh, how people pronounce uh, the home state of JR. And I'll I'll leave it at that. But okay, uh, quite bizarre, quite bizarre. But yes, I, I can't pronounce most states. Uh, <laughs> Massachusetts, Massachusetts. I never can get that one right. Where's JR from? Boomer Sooner, uh, Oklahoma. Isn't that? You got it. You got it. Yeah. Nice. Uh, So check out that show. It's free. Obviously shot in the dark every week as well. John Ceno uh, filling you in on all the wrestling 15 minutes or less. The guy is a completist when it comes to wrestling and he watches everything. You may think you watch everything, but you don't unless you're keeping up to date with John Ceno evil. And in 15 minutes or less, he'll fill you in on everything. Ring of Honor, TNA, MLW, whatever else is on TV, he watches it and we'll talk about it and give his uh, two cents about it. Uh, we also have a patreon.com slash poison Rana where Davey and I, we do lots and lots of podcasting. If you like what you hear, definitely check us out. And it's only five bucks to become a friend for a whole month's access of all the podcasts on there. And we've had some, some pretty big shows in the last little while. We do a show called was next where we go back in time to listen and watch NXT. And we finally got to NXT arrival almost 10 years from when it debuted the first ever WWE network show. So that was a fun podcast to do. We just yesterday released and recorded a new show on a, on our Patreon called the profile or the poison profile, if you will, where you and I, Davey went through the whole history and careers of the Von Eric family. We looked at not only their best matches, moments, promos, but also the dark side of the ring episode, the iron claw movie. We kind of scoured the internet of the whole history of the Von Erics from Fritz to Chris and, uh, for our first, you know, quote unquote profile show, I thought we we did a pretty good job. Yeah, I, I think you're really going to enjoy this one. Um, we went just over two hours on this talking about the uh, kind of whole life of the Von Erich family. Uh, we initially were going to do this as a kind of best match ever, talking about their best, best matches. And we certainly go into some of their best matches and talk about um, the ones we liked and maybe didn't like. But it's also kind of just a, a whole like going through the entire history and uh, especially like focusing on some details that um, we see in the film and how accurate they are, but also stuff that the film does miss out. So especially with the likes of like Chris Von Eric and filling in those blanks and that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I, I'm really proud of this show and I, I think you'll all like it a lot. Yeah, we kind of uh, did our homework and we kind of got some clips and put this thing all together. And it was a whole little uh, tribute in honor to the Von Erichs, especially with the movie coming out and uh, rewatching Dark Side. It was it was a, a, an interesting show and learned a lot. And we even link you to some great matches and moments from the whole history of all the Von Erichs and everything. So uh, check it out and let us know what you think. And let us know if you want to hear more of these uh, poison profiles, because we definitely... Uh, we definitely pat ourselves on the back for this one. And we're, we're already, we have the gears turning of like, Hey, in the future, what other ones can we do? But uh, we also have another show coming out this week on opposite ends of the spectrum. There we're going to be doing a special up yours MCU later, John Ceno 
W.H. Park will be joining us to chat about the one Marvel movie that has eluded them their whole career, Howard the Duck. Oh, yes. Um, The more I think about it, the more I I have seen this film, but I remember nothing about it at all. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be throwing this on shortly after finishing this uh, this podcast because we'll be recording tomorrow. Yes. Uh, But, yeah, really looking forward to uh, chatting to... Sino and our own Howard the Duck in WH Park. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's kind of similar. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting podcast. That'll be out later this week over on our Patreon as well. So uh, looking forward to all the different stuff. And we uh, we have a poll up in our Facebook group. Go join that if you haven't already. Search Poison Rana in your Facebook. And you put up a Rumble poll where, of course, we should learn by now, Davey, that whenever we put things to a poll in our Facebook the inmates start to run the asylum. And I don't know if you've looked, but that's exactly what has been happening. They're picking the worst rumbles. And if that's not bad enough for you or good enough for you, somehow ready to rumble is now in the lead. It's, it's winning. Yeah. I, uh, I did. Um, I left it completely to you this time round. Um, normally I throw up a few suggestions and, and people add stuff, but I was like, you know what? Let's, uh, we've done, I think it's 95 and 2000 we've done, but everything else, I know during the pandemic, uh, we did do watch longs of every single rumble match, which was a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, I left it up to you guys completely and currently ready to rumble is in the lead. I don't know if we just go with it or disqualify it or what we do have quite a few movies coming up anyway. Um, Ferdinand threw up Rumble in the Bronx, which we have actually reviewed. So uh, I think Great that movie. one uh, that one comes off. I threw up 2001 because it's just a really good event. But we've got uh, 1991 in second place so far. So get on there and get voting. What would you like to hear us talk about at the end of this month? Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, Ready to Rumble, uh, definitely a guilty pleasure of mine. I still have the the DVD somewhere in our house, but I, I do love that movie. But I was expecting a Royal Rumble pay-per-view review. So I think somehow it'll still end up being one of those. We've been waiting on Ready to Rumble. We've been like secretly yeah. like one day we'll talk. We'll about get it done. But it, it's Rumble season and it is yeah. fun to talk about a Rumble, especially going through. I What I like is just watching the Rumble match and it's always the like, Oh yeah, remember this guy. It's you just get a snapshot of the gimmicks of the year pretty much, which is always yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. So we will get to a rumble review this month as well, as well as a few other things and we're we're cooking up uh some some shows in the near future. We love doing these things. So can't do without our patrons out there. So give us a shot. Again, 5 bucks to become a patron and you get access to all the podcasts in that back catalog of all the movie reviews, wrestling reviews, etc. So go check us out and support the BDE. Give yourself and a gift that yeah, keeps on giving. Last week as well on this show, we did uh, part one of our best match ever 2023. Part two is now out on the Patreon. Uh, so make sure you go and check out that. Just puts a nice wrap on the year that was 2023 where... Uh, yeah, we give matches five to one. What was match of the year? And also check out on the post wrestling feed uh, our best and worst of 2023, which was a hell of a lot of fun as well. Yes, absolutely. Lots and lots of podcasting and the year has just begun, but we don't stop here at Poison Rana. We keep it very poisonous. Uh, well, check out the Patreon, like we said. And hey, while we're at plugs here, any Toronto area people, we are doing a Royal Rumble watch party 
here in the six Saturday, January 27th, Gabby's King Street West. We will be there hanging out, airing the Rumble, playing some Rumble games. We got Rumble prizes. Someone could walk out the a very rich man or woman or person. Someone could be walking out the Rumble winner. And well, there's oh, two yeah. Rumbles. So yeah. So uh very, very excited to uh to do this. We've been having a ton of fun doing these watch parties and hanging out with other wrestling fans in the city. And uh we know this one's gonna be a packed house. So can't wait to see you find people. And if anyone out there is on the fence of coming, use the promo code BDE Friends to get half off your ticket. It'll be like less than 10 bucks. So go check out and come uh hang out with us and rumble young man rumble this month in toronto and uh we are going to be planning some some philly stuff and some more money in the bank stuff later this year so follow the spaces for for more on that but can't wait to see you people at the rumble the rumble Absolutely. shout out shout out uh, our friends sino and frank i think they're going to the royal rumble this year i could be mistaken uh, I think they are indeed. Yeah, yeah um, it looks like a good one to go to. I, I'm really excited about this event. I think it's going to be uh, kick off the year really nicely. And as we're on the road to WrestleMania. Yeah, uh, the good time. It's a fun time to be uh, into wrestling. It's like the, the, the playoffs almost. I love I love that. I saw lots of memes and people online last night trying to figure out how to use Peacock to watch their NFL playoffs. And oh. it kind of it kind of reminds me of like when people are like trying to use the peacock for for all the wrestling and like I'm imagining certain like you know older folks being like what the hell is this? I just want to watch my football on TV. It's like me trying to work out Discord to be able to watch some of the wrestling. Right. Wrestling. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it ain't it ain't for me. I I'm old. <laughs> yeah. But yeah uh, yeah. Well, uh, shall we get into some of the wrestling? Do we have anything else to plug? No, I think our we're we're plug free now. I think we can continue on with uh, buy a t shirt. That's the last plug. Chop dash tees dot com. You know what? Yeah, t shirt, a coffee mug, a hat, whatever you want. Go over I, there. I just put an order in myself, and I got some stuff. And I know I'll be putting another order in because I I feel it like just, just get... arrived. I just oh, it did. So. Yeah, excellent. All right, excellent. Uh, yeah, I want to uh, to start rocking some some stuff, but I also want to buy some mugs. Because like they look amazing. So chop teas.com, get yourself some poison rana merch, shot in the dark merch, what up, dough merch, all that stuff. And shout out, I see someone in the chat, Robbie, who says he loves you guys. So we love you too, Robbie. Thank you very yeah. much. Uh, all right. What do you want to talk about first? Uh, shall we just go in order and start with uh, Dynamite from this week? We did talk a bit about Raw on Tuesdays up next. So maybe let's go into uh, this week's Dynamite to start with. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Uh, so what we had, Hangman Page and Claudio Castagnoli uh, kick off things. I felt, you know, since the new year, it, it's been a really kind of heavy, like, wrestling uh, theme show at the moment. I know that sounds silly for a wrestling show, but kind of dialed back a lot on the kind of promos and backstage vignettes. There are still some, obviously, but um, very wrestling heavy. And I thought kicked off things really well with uh, Hangman and Claudio, which you just knew was going to be... Uh, a heavy hitting affair between the two. Yeah, uh, they did their hard. What? Not, no, I was going to say hardcore homecoming. That's a different uh, thing altogether. AW homecoming in Daly's place, which they're kind of going off of. Hey, remember during the pandemic we were here a lot. It's kind of like you know there, there was there was a that 
you know, this was all pre, you know, CM Punk and all that. So I do have a bit of a soft spot now for Daly's Place. Obviously, it was nice at the time to finally get out of there. But now I think it is quite nice going back. I think you had like a lot of people sort of step up during that time. You had some some fun uh, stories going on. Like AEW definitely didn't kind of just rest on their laurels during the pandemic. So I am kind of nostalgic for that time. So it's kind of nice to go back once a year. I'm sure it was, yeah, special for certain people who were there. Like there was, you could say this for WWE, but during the pandemic, there was like the workhorses that stepped up and like we're using that as an opportunity. And I'd say AEW definitely did that. It was it was cool that they continued doing live shows. And here coming back to Daly's Place, uh, almost felt like a different setting as well. The way they shot it and the way the setup and everything was, it was a bit different than than how they usually have it. So again, it was a it was a cool feel to it. But yeah, starting the show with Hangman and, and Claudio was great. These two meshed well together as you kind of expected them to. And, you know, you figure down the line they could fight again. But Hangman going over in like, you know, just shy of 20 minutes was was a good way to start the show. We were watching this uh, together on, on Wednesday and we were like having a pretty good time watching this match. And I'd say maybe one probably the best match on that show but uh overall like I, I thought that was a great way to start it and kind of like reminding me oh yeah like hangman is is what now wants to go for the title we'll see him later with the the segment with samoa joe and and swerve but swerve is kind of like you know i beat you twice so what claim do you have to the world title which in kayfabe wise like yeah he he did beat you so why would you get think you get a title shot so the kind of three-way love triangle between Joe Swerve and Hangman definitely does have my interest. And you kind of think and imagine it's going to a triple threat, but in, in a weird way, I don't want it that way. I'd just rather see the other, but what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. So we might as well talk about that now. So yeah. we have, um, you know, Hangman's gripe with Samoa Joe is he had him taken out. So that's why he wants to get his hands on yeah. Joe. Also Swerve does have two wins over Hangman, but both are, kind of somewhat tainted, you know, uh, like Nana and Mogul Embassy being involved in both matches. So winning fire, I know the second one's a death match and there's no DQ, but still outside interference in both. So Hangman has like a a justified gripe against uh, both guys. Um, Samoa Joe, we do have the the hook match coming up uh, next week, but uh, saying saying that... uh, from like now on going forwards, you'll need to go to the um, championship committee to plead your case. Now, I read this as um, kind of a bit of retaliation from all the stuff we've had going on, you know, with um, people saying like, uh, well, Tony Khan going off double standards. Why is Jinder getting a shot at the the title? And, uh, you know, Hook is 28 on one. Like, I think there's... We started off with AEW with the ranking system, which I like as an idea. I like it having like, you know, kind of sports based. I mentioned the other week, I wouldn't mind it kind of coming back. But we also saw flaws with it as well, you know. So I think they're addressing that by having this, you know, probably unseen championship committee where it's justifying the case of um, wrestlers getting shots. We're seeing Adam Copeland doing the whole thing where I'm going to work from the bottom and rack up these wins. So I think it's a a semi-return back to um, 
you know, uh, semi-return back to the ranking system, but a way you can break it. So a championship committee can decide, you know, well, you attacked him unprovoked and therefore you have to pay the consequences, which is putting the title on the line against him. So I feel it's Tony Khan trying to like appease a lot of things. And you know what? It's, it's funny hearing it come out of Joe's mouth the week of all this discourse on Twitter with, uh, with Jinder and Eric Bischoff and Tony Khan and the likes, but I don't hate the idea. Right. I do like that. They're somewhat going back to this, you know, wins and losses matter and you build yourself up to have a title shot. Yeah. Is the championship committee, is there any relation to the disciplinary committee there? Oh, is, I it would just, think so. is it just it's Danielson being like, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a title shot or nah. You're, They're you're, like, do you want fine. one? No, I'm good. I'm good. You can have one though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? Look, Samoa Joe, a world champion. I, I'm just like, this is amazing. This is great. I've watched this guy for like 20 years wrestling. And yeah, I've seen him champion in TNA and, and stuff. But I've watched his time in WWE. He was NXT champion and you know, then he was commentary in the poncho. So just seeing him come out, rock in the suit, he's like the kingpin. He's got the title. Like, I don't know. It just seemed right to me. It just seemed like, wow, after all these years, like good for you. Like ride that momentum while you can. I don't expect this to be the longest title run, but I, I am very happy for this guy. And uh, I thought he sounded like a true boss. He, I think commentary did a good job. Excalibur, like, look at our, this is our world champion. This is how a world champion looks. And you're like, yeah, a lot of the guys in AW, they're a little smaller. Anyone who would step up to this guy, he, he looks like the a final boss kind of thing. So as a, as a longtime Samoa Joe fan, I definitely was like, fuck yeah, get your flowers, Joe, you deserve it. Uh, just, you know, for all the way, all the way from, from being a referee in uh, Grapple Kingdom for Wei Ting to now being an AEW champion. I'm just like so behind that. And then I thought I, I loved his promo. I, I'm, exci- I'm excited to hear some more promos from Joe, but I love the championship committee stuff being brought in. And you're right, like weaving it in without, if you didn't know what was going on, it would still sound interesting. But if you did, you were kind of like chuckling at yourself. It's completely understandable from the character of Joe as well. Like none of this, I, I don't care about all this bullshit, like calling each other names to get a title shot. No, prove yourself, win matches, plead your case, and then I'll fight you. So I think it made sense kayfabe wise as well, completely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you see so- it being a triple threat or do you see Swerve Hangman like a big number one contenders match on a on a big dynamite or something? Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Like, again, it's like, do you, would you rather go to see Swerve Hangman 3 and whatever gimmick thing, like murder match they got to do to each other? But really, like, a triple threat kind of sounds also uh, enticing. Because I do think all three kind of bring a lot to the table and would work really well together. So I don't know if I am necessarily down on that idea. But there is juice in, like, all these stories going on and i mean yeah the pay-per-view is a little bit away i don't know if you can wait that long maybe maybe joe faces one maybe there's a triple threat on tv and then it leads to something else for the pay-per-view i'm not really sure i also think um you know the main event of this show is likely it should be sting i assume it is sting um Sting and Darby versus the Young Bucks, which we'll get to as the main event. So I think when you do that, you can kind of have a slightly lesser, like, not that it's going to be a bad match, but, you know, like, money's in the singles feud. So I, I feel like you could do a triple threat on the undercard. We've seen that before with, I believe, the Four Pillars didn't main event and the, you know, Orange Cassidy, Pack Kenny triple threat didn't main event that show. So I can see that going the way they're going. Um 
but also I see it maybe being a way of getting the title off of Joe without necessarily pinning him as well. Yeah. And probably, you know, have Swerve take it into the summer and you can have Hangman at double or nothing or something like that, which is a way of like, you're talking almost like a year at this point doing this feud, but I think there's enough between these two where you can like break them apart and have them come back again as well. But I don't see this reign lasting too long for Joe and maybe a triple threat is the way of kind of protecting everyone sort of. Yeah, no, absolutely. Either, either way, like the next months of AEW with the world title, whether it's hangman swerve, there's, there's a few different options you could do there. So yeah, I'd say strap in either way. We're going to get some great wrestling and some great stories, but I like this, this heel Joe, you know, not even really a heel. He's just Joe. You like him. You don't like him. It's Joe. Right. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just, just going to like love this uh, rain for a while it lasts. I'm just soaking it in and letting him have his flowers. So yeah, I really like where that's going from this week. Uh, leading up to like I know Joe versus Hook it's like yeah really it's because we wish we all got to see Joe versus Taz that's like the ultimate WWE 2K24 mm. dream match you know you play in video games so instead we get his uh Tom Holland looking son to face him instead and I imagine we get some cool spots between the two but obviously Joe retains and uh then we go forward with that other storyline so send Send Hook, or or do, does Hook win the title just out of spite, or does Gender <laughs> win the title just out of spite this week? There's going to be some some title changes either way. Uh, we had a couple of like uh, Brody Lee uh, tribute eight man and eight woman tag matches on the show, which were you know fun but sort of non canon in a way, kind of setting up Anna J uh, to face um, Julia Hart on Collision this week and. Um, and Preston Vance with the win to challenge Orange Cassidy, which was quite a fun match, but I don't see this being as like an extended push for either, really. I think it was yeah. just time and place. Yeah, yeah. It was it was cool to do that, especially that was like the the spot they wrestled there, Brody, you know, all that stuff. But yeah, I, I watched I had collision on as well earlier today, and you kind of figured they weren't necessarily going to be pushed as, you know, winning titles and, and stuff, but still a, a great moment for them to have, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily mind Preston Vance. I just think they haven't really done enough to make me care about him a whole lot. So uh, it's again, yeah. it's the, it's the hot and cold thing. And it's, I, I like the idea of kind of trying to elevate your homegrown talents, but you're just so like your mid yeah. and upper card is so stacked with, like real established talents it's it's going to be really hard for a Preston Vance to really break through in this system and I think he's someone that could benefit with going elsewhere for a bit and maybe because I don't see him getting much further than where he is in this company yeah yeah exactly uh other things Roderick Strong fought Brian Keith it was a a pretty quick match they they must be signing this guy or have already like he is great we've seen him uh, on the indies a bunch and he's he's got an interesting character and he can wrestle but it was more so to let adam cole basically cut the same promo being like hey we're roddy's coming for that ic title so i i wonder if Ro- they give it to roddy just to kind of say things up they continue playing that up on i can't remember what show was what this week but uh with the preston vance orange Cassidy match uh you had roddy and the kingdom sorry the undisputed kingdom coming yeah. out to be ringside and sort of 
sort of distracting Casti a little bit and definitely setting up that feud down the line. So I could see it. I could definitely see uh, Roddy winning this thing um, because Orange has had this for like pretty much well over a year now at this yeah. point with the little break. So I think it would be a good time to move him on. And I, I mean, he's someone you can put in the world titles uh, like picture. I definitely think like Orange Cassidy chasing a heel swerve Strickland later in the year for the title would be something having my interest. And I, I don't know much more you could do with this title and definitely the undisputed kingdom screwing Cassidy out of it is a way of, you know, keeping orange protected as well in dropping this thing to Roddy. Yeah. Uh, some other things from Wednesday night's dynamite, the main event, the tornado tag sting and Darby with Ric Flair taking on powerhouse Hobbs and Kanosuke Takeshita. This was crazy. Again, we were watching this together Wednesday and uh, screamed at my television set when sting decides to the finish of the match a what not even an avalanche but like off the top of some structure of the tv balcony yeah to do his reverse stingers scorpion death drop which is a move you fall backwards jumping backwards like there's a reason when you go to like water parks or anything that you're not allowed to go backwards because that's how you fall and like break your fucking neck or back and this man who is what, like 60 something, 70 maybe? I don't know how old Sting is, but 64 I, off the top of my head. Oh my God. Like, imagine anyone out there. Imagine your old ass uncle, your, your anyone who, you know, of this age jumping. Like, that was a crazy spot, man. I yeah. was, that, that could have went terribly wrong, but holy shit, I jumped out of my couch just screaming at the television set. So that was crazy. Sting's on this run. It's like he doesn't even want to make it. I definitely revolution. I definitely got that kind of nostalgia kick from this match as well because I think this was stuff they did a lot at Daly's place uh, during the pandemic, and it's something that's become a bit of a staple of AEW. Just these wild arena-wide brawls and stuff. I thought it was a really fun main, and yeah. I love. We we were at that uh, dynamite in Hamilton where uh, Sting took the dive off the ladder, and we're there for like the the post match. That's you know the dark segment with. Uh, Darby kind of putting over Sting and everything, but I just love the. We'll get to the Young Bucks bit in a sec, but Darby for all the crazy shit he does always has this look after like a big Sting stunt where he's looking at him like this guy's a crazy motherfucker, and that's <laughs> Darby who does the most insane shit. Yeah. But he's just like in awe of this man. I always like I always get a kick out of that. That that Darby spot. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how, if you have any uh, history doing this, but as a kid, you know, friends and siblings and stuff, the the alley-oop where, you know, you grab someone's legs, oh. you grab someone's arms, and then you do that. You swing them into a pool or whatever. Like, yeah. I've done that like a million times. But seeing it on TV to, to someone like Darby, who did like a – looked like he was doing like a 720 rotation and then hits his head – on the ropes, clearly he was like he had his hands up, but his head bounced, and he has said on like afterwards, like yeah, that that one really hurt, and it's like he yeah. still got up. Like that was scary. Like you've, it wasn't that long ago where um, I don't have the name in front of me, unfortunately, but that the wrestler died in a match against Rey Mysterio from yeah. his head like snapping against the ropes. Like we've had like serious injuries from this, and him landing the way he did, like. I hope this guy's okay. Like yeah. I do get worried watching him, you know, it's, 
it's one day something terrible is going to happen and everyone's going to be like, well, you can only escape death so many times. But uh, man, isn't he like spectacular? That spot was Yeah, he's it's very entertaining. I'm not going to dispute that. So like the guys, he he says in interviews like, hey, I'm, I'm just really good at my job. And I hope that's the case. But like he is a stuntman in wrestling. Like he, that spot is going to be forever in my mind. But again, I've done it. Me and my brothers have done it to my other brother like a million times. And I don't think that we've ever got that crazy rotation in that spin. So this summer coming soon to pools near you, you know, <laughs> that, that can go wrong too. I've watched, you know, videos online and TikToks where they, they think they're, they're swinging the person into the pool, but they don't do it enough. So the person just <laughs> lands, lands on the, on the cement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> awful, but hilarious. Uh, so that was crazy. And then, Afterwards, Tony Schiavone, he's got a mic. He's like, hey, Sting, people want to know. It, it, it reminded me of UFC when someone gets completely like knocked out and then they send Joe Rogan in there. Don't do it as much now. But Joe Rogan would be like, so uh, you just got knocked out. What do you, what do you, what's your next opponent? What's, what are you going to have for dinner tonight? It's like they don't know where they are and you're yeah. asking them like things. But Sting is like catching his breath and we, we, are, we are about to be revealed of his opponent when – the Young Bucks music hits and out they come with mustaches and they don't really say anything, but now we are led to believe that this is in fact Sting's last match. Sting and Darby versus the Young Bucks. Uh, what do you think? I, I love it. it. It wasn't something I was really even considering uh, as a last match, but I, I think it's great. Like Young Bucks are your top tag team, but haven't been in the title picture for quite a while it seems it's something to it's a big main event to give them it feels a worthy main event of the show they've been kept relatively separate apart from that forbidden door six man and i think just seeing uh sting doing spots with the bucks is going to be nuts but also darby meshing with these guys i like it i think i really want to see something different from the bucks i i'd like to see them their heels i assume at this point I want to see them be, uh, we've seen them be the like um, jokey heels, you know, Hockey, all yeah. the Jordans and that sort of stuff. I want something different from it this time round. I want a meaner side to them. Um, the mustaches isn't pointing me necessarily in that direction. No, no, no. I love I it. <laughs> but I, I hope we're not getting the same heel bucks we got when Kenny was champion. And I hope we're getting something a bit different this time around, but no, I, I think it's the perfect final match for Sting. You know what? Like, yeah, uh, I am a huge bucks fan. I think they've been, they obviously have had a bit of a strange year with people just want to boo them and, and maybe throw blame to them for maybe whatever the stuff happened with, with CM Punk. But in the end, like they are, big chunk of the reason why this company even exists. And I'm still a huge fan of them. And I know you recently picked them as what worst worst characters, worst character. Cause this year, yeah. Like what really was their, their character, but uh, I wouldn't just say all of a sudden dressing a little s- smarter and having mustaches right away, you know, screams what their gimmick is, but I thought they looked good. I am a huge fan of them. I do. It, it wasn't something that crossed my mind. I was thinking, okay, maybe sting wants to face Darby. Maybe there's, a huge eight man, whatever, but it's, it's kind of come out. I don't know if it was fightful that reported that sting actually was the one who chose these guys. They, he yeah. was like, Hey, actually, you know, uh, you mentioned that match at forbidden door one about a year ago, which was fucking crazy and really wet your whistle of wait, the sting and stings fighting the young bucks. And I think they could go out there and have a, a, 
a really good match and a really good story. And in the end, it's really just the Young Bucks accept, accepting and agreeing to do this so they can do their I'm sorry, I love you spot. Because you know yeah. the Ric Flair is going to be there. You know that they're going to do all the bells and whistles. So uh, not but something I've been, been riding the booze as well. Like this, this event is sold out. Like it's over 15,000. Yeah. It's going to be electric. Obviously, whoever Sting's opponent is, they're going to be pro Sting. But going against polarizing figures like the Young Bucks, it's just going to make the atmosphere even hotter for this. I think it's a great, great pick. Yeah, again, not something that came to mind when you think Sting's retirement match. But as soon as they came out, I was like, oh, you know what? That would be a pretty, you know, the match will be good. It'll have some crazy stuff in it. Darby's going to do something nuts. Bucks are going to do something nuts. Sting's jumping off something. So uh, actually, yeah, uh, that's why I guess whoever decided to do this has the, the match. I, I do think it'll be pretty good. I imagine they'll they'll add an ODQ stip or something like oh, that. Yeah. Or just the refs are going to be super lenient regardless. Um, yeah. One more thing we had on on Dynamite was the uh, Sammy Guevara-Ricky Starks match, which ended with like a, a false handshake before a beatdown. And then someone forgot to turn off Judas as Judas is playing very loudly and uh, Chris Jericho runs out for the save to kind of, you know, dampen those boos. And it was interesting throughout the weekend and seeing how they'll continue to try different tricks to, to like stop the booze with Jericho. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's weird. We definitely talked about it, whether it was last week or the last few weeks, because the whole Jericho thing is still just stemming off of a conversation an emoji, right? Like people are very quick to, to jump on and, and dog pile and kick someone when they're down kind of thing. And I, I, I still don't know if an emoji is enough for me to think certain things and, and, you know, like, I just feel she hasn't come out and sort of been like, that's not what I mean. Like, yeah. Liked a lot of tweets. Uh, I don't know. I would feel someone would be like, Oh no, like lay off. That's not what I was getting at or something. I don't know. You know? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. And this, and the same can be said with, with Jericho himself. I mean, maybe he's advised not to say things, not to speak on things, but yeah, I just find that maybe we won't hear anything about this, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm seeing it from both sides here. Is it like, is it fair to, to go off of something like this or is it still fair to let this person be on TV if that's the case, you know? So it's, it's, it's all weird because then in the same, same, week of wrestling i'm watching matt riddle in new japan i'm you know i'm seeing yep. tna doing stuff with AAA, and then you don't know who they have signed on their roster so it's like it's 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 wrestling i guess and you i guess we have to come to terms with you know you can cherry pick and and support who you want but on certain shows it's gonna it's gonna come to the point where certain people are going to be watching your wwe or AEW, and certain people they don't want to see that you're going to be seeing on on tv but yeah if if this is something that they're actually like, okay, Jericho, we're going to play your song so that you can't hear the booze. It's like, are they really doing that? I don't know. Well, they continued it with battle of the belt, uh, battle of the belts last night, um, where it was a street fight between Ricky Starks, big bill, uh, Sammy Guevara and Jericho. And majority of the match took place, uh, out of the arena, uh, just coming back to the arena for the, uh, for the finish where, um, Hobbs and Jericho go crashing through a table, 
and um which was funny because you then have sammy doing this spectacular dive shame at man style yeah off the titan tron where ricky gets pulled out of the way and then just like lays a hand on top of him the other spot with jericho and hobbs jericho lands with his foot on top of hobbs and you see the referee see it and is like fuck and jericho's not moving he even lifts the leg like you know, you're you're actually covering him right now, and then just goes, ah, whatever. And the camera cuts to Sammy. But yeah, it seemed, you know, keep them out of the arena long enough that by the time they come back in, the crowd are just happy that they've got they're not watching a TV screen anymore and have the wrestling in front of them. But I actually really like that choice, you know. That was a fun that was a fun match. I, I think uh we were we were doing our uh best and worst of show, and I think Jericho Adam Cole feud slash match, you know, Sabu and all that comes to people's mind from some of the worst stuff from last year, but tend to forget the awesome Jericho Roderick strong, like street fight. Here comes the pain kind of match that took place on dynamite. And this reminded me of that. And uh, it had some fun moments and like them fighting in the street. They, they had me laughing because commentary when they're fighting on the car, right? Uh, Real glass, right? Uh, they they're they're smashing each other on the car in commentary. Excalibur and Tony are like man, or whoever's on commentary are like, man, you know whose car is that? Hopefully we don't get in trouble. And then out runs Rhett Titus, who's like, yo, Jericho, that's my car, man. <laughs> you knew he was getting the Judas effect there. So I laughed at that. I also enjoyed the uh, what's it called the 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 copy printer right spot, which clearly they had like pre face pre like printed his face because he's smacking his face off that and then punches him with it so uh between that and then like some of the crazy spots when they finally got through oh sammy guevara doing like a spider-man matrix wall run what the fuck was that Mm. that was insane like i know he's got to be able to do 630s and all these things but literally running up a wall like neo in the matrix and then like landing oh man that was impressive and then yeah the shane o'mac spot what was that thing, Jer- Jericho and Big Bill? Like, I've watched AEW every week. I've never seen this giant chair that's just placed there. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we're using it for this spot. I thought that was pretty funny. But I think they've upped their stunt guys. Like, their crash pads and all that were way more hidden, way yeah. more out of sight. Even in the like the back area, I think Big Bill choke slams Jericho like into some leaves. Clearly, it was hidden well. That, like, you know, yeah. it wasn't just... Because AEW, I tend to find their their stunts don't tend to look that good. And, and you know, at WWE to a fault, too. Everyone was raving about Seth Rollins and, and Nakamura where there's just crash pads everywhere. So I thought they they upped it here with that big stunt from Sammy as well, doing the Shane O'Mac. That was, that, I mean, that's got to hurt no matter what you land on. But Oh, for sure. Um, and just terrifying. Yeah. Like, from that height, like, yeah. what would go wrong, you know? He's loco, I guess, mm. as he says. But yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed uh, watching that. I I can't say I, I really I, I, tune into the Battle of the Belts, but uh, no, it it felt like they had a little bit more on it this this time round. I mean, it there was no title changes or anything, but that match felt pretty big. Um, so yeah, definitely it it I stuck around to watch it. I had that going on same time as Battle of the uh, in the Valley, um, yeah, where. Normal. I can't remember the last Battle of the Belts I bothered really watching. Yeah. Uh, uh, some other things from AEW because that that was that was pretty fun. Um, have you seen the the tale of Jeff Hardy? 
The saga yeah. of Jeff Hardy. This guy, I don't know what's going on. You know I love me some Jeff Hardy. You know I'm I'm one of his, maybe recently only one of his true supporters left. But even I am scratching my head going, Jeff, put the phone down, buddy. What are you doing? Just stop. He has been tweeting, deleting, Instagram deleting of like, uh, the Hardys will not be appearing on the show AEW Dynamite because the Hardys are stuck in the dimension of AEW Rampage. And then mm. he took that that post down. And then on TV this week, he's saying, you know, the Hardys were on rampage and rampage beat collision in the ratings and collisions, a live show. He, that is something he said in a promo on TV. Yeah. I actually, uh, caught rampage for the second week in a row, which is, uh, is bizarre, but yeah, I don't know if this is, um, I have to have a feeling this is a bit of a, a work like a heel turn yeah because yeah. they're, they're kind of um like last week they were sort of young boying uh private party a little bit they're still kind of continuing that thing uh they went off that they're, they're now in a, a trios with mark briscoe and they were saying how they're the the ratings champion whatever i you know like ratings talk and everything has its place i hate hearing people talk about it on tv yeah you know i don't care like, cool, you you had, what, 500,000 instead of 400,000 people watch this week. Like, I, I don't I don't care. Um, it's, and if it's not a work, I'm like, Jeff, you're fucking deluded. You're lucky to have a fucking job. You, mm-hmm. you got in a vehicle fucking wasted for, like, the 10th time, and you've still got a job. Like, there's only so many times this will happen before, you know, you have a sunny situation um and yeah that's why you're not on dynamite that's why you're relegated to rampage in my opinion yeah again i I being one of the 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 big supporters of the hardy specifically jeff is like man like you should not be running your mouth like that if that is a storyline that's kind of dirty and icky but like to be doing that is like come on man like what did you expect you're going to be booked as the world champion and then you you go have a few too many and drive home and get arrested again like yeah. And that's coming from someone who's been a fan. And you know what? Uh, when he left WWE while he was on top, that was, you know, and then gets busted for X, Y, Z. Like that is a blow to fans. A lot of fans let, walked off being a fan there. Then he went back to TNA. And then what happened with him in TNA? The Sting match, right? So it's like, really, he's he's uh, he's looking around, pointing the finger. Like, why isn't this? Why really look in the mirror, brother. Like you, the problem is you Taylor Swift says it best. Hey, I'm the problem. It's me. Maybe Jeff, you should understand that. And instead of posting like that, or even like, again, the promo, it, it leads me to believe it's just cause they're, they're trying to heal thing out, but like, no, that's, it's just too icky for me. I don't, I don't like that. So yeah. Um, I, I don't think it does any, no. like, especially, especially when there's all this negativity directed at the company about tweeting and stuff like that. I don't see who it helps. And especially where, you know, in the past year, we had CM Punk being disgruntled with the company and leading to him being fired and stuff like that. I I don't really see the benefit of the whole, you know, work pissed off at the company kind of thing. Yeah, not, not with Jeff Hardy. And it's like, what are you to be angry about? That they didn't fire you? You want to go back to WWE? You you're the, you left. You walked through the crowd. We all saw it. 
We know yeah. what you were doing to get here. And then you get here and it's like, oh, actually, I can't, I actually am still being called out for the stuff I'm doing. So really, Jeff, like you're the, it's wearing thin. And I'm someone who's day one been been a fan of the Hardys. And it's really bo- bothering me that, A, if this is like some sort of worked shoot thing, like, no, that's not entertaining. And I don't like that. So, uh, Jeff, shut up for a while. Come back when you guys are looking good in the ring. You no, know? Like, don't come back. Like, like he's saying all these things. Point, he's like, saying all these things and then in their matches they're being, you know, laughed at and memed online because yeah. they're they're fucking up. So it's like what are you actually like who are you trying to get be behind you to support you because it it ain't me anymore. You're definitely pushing away some fans. I'm just speaking as a fan myself and it's like come on man, I'm someone who who defends him and it's like I can't anymore. So and and then and then there's Matt Hardy which seems like him and his wife, Rebby, have, have divorced. And then now she's posting like TikToks and making me to believe it's it's also a work shoot or whatever. It's like, what the hell is going on in the Hardy compound? Because I just do not understand. But I guess they're, they're somewhat trying to stay relevant. But I'd be okay if they went away for a little while to maybe fix out some of the kinks in their, their things going on in their life. But uh, power to the Hardys. Um, something else. Now I know Rampage, we don't really think of as plot development, but we're going to be sat down watching Dynamite this week and you're going to be so confused. Wait, what's going on? Because we had a major development in the Ruby Soho, Cool Hand and Harley Cameron saga that's been going on. Oh. uh, With Soraya showing uh, Ruby footage of Harley Cameron and Cool Hand Ange kissing. <gasps> and it's Ru- Ruby's birthday. And Ange comes to her with a cake saying happy birthday. She calls him a pig and shoves it in his face and runs off. But after she's ran off, the video unpauses. And you see Ange push Harley away and be like, what are you doing? So it's it's been Soraya and Harley's plot to to break these two up. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. I'm going to have to watch Rampage. Right. To catch up on what's going on. Damn. Okay. So there's drama. Isn't, isn't he like a married guy? Isn't she like with Zion Quinn? What's going on? <laughs> She's with Zion Quinn? Harley, Harley. Oh, Harley I, Race? sorry. I Sorry. What's uh, Ruby? Um, uh, it's that Brayden, this, this isn't real. It's, it's oh, make believe. Oh. It's a, right, it's a fictional story. We watch on TV. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's more shocking, the fact that that's uh, a storyline going on or the fact that you're telling me what happened on Rampage. Right. Who are you? And what have you done with Davey Portman? I'm not getting booked on Friday. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Your boss stopped booking you Fridays. You're like, well, try January. What am I supposed in. to find? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I will say what... I'm guilty too. You know, here I am like, oh, I watched Battle of the Belts. I watched <laughs> TNA. <laughs> Tell you what, I had the uh, the alcohol-free Guinness yesterday. Oh. Wasn't bad. I had that and an alcohol-free Amaretto Sour, and both were pretty tasty. I'd say uh, the strangest thing I've seen is alcohol-free White Claws. And, like, yeah, that, I'm sorry, just we're just – it's just coming full circle now. Like, yeah. White Claws are basically sparkling water yeah. with alcohol in it. And Which I'm then not, they created a hard yeah. version of – not dissing anyone who, you know, oh, well, they make it because, but like, there's so many better options of like bubbly waters and non-alcoholic stuff than, than just a it's, white cloth. It's like having alcohol-free hard cola, you know, <laughs> like that's essentially yeah. what they're doing. 
I'd say like when it comes to beer, I'm not like the biggest beer guy, but once in a while, you know, I love a, a little soda pop, but um, I, I feel like beer is something I can like get away from, but it's like other things that I'm like, Oh, I think it's the act of drinking, but I also, it's dry January, which means I can still smoke that dry herb. You know what I mean? So it doesn't necessarily like bother me too much, but the, the thing for, for me, and I, I can, I can only imagine for you, you work at a bar is like the social thing, right? Like how yeah. easy, Oh, Hey, you run into someone. Hey, you want to grab a beer? It's kind of like, I feel for the, I feel for, you know, in like, there's so many sitcoms, I think of Chandler and friends when he wants to be, be a smoker so that he can smoke with his boss and friends mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's like the same thing. Like how, how do all these non-drinkers, what do you guys do? Like go bowling? Like, but I don't know what are your I mean, social. I, I think there's like a, like a sort of placebo effect to it rather than if you go out for a night out with your mates and you're drinking a Coke or a soda water, having something that somewhat resembles uh a like a beer you kind of you sort of forget and you just sink into it and you're having the conversation and you're not necessarily overly thinking about the fact that you're you're not drinking or whatever and um it's kind of nice the next day waking up not feeling like shit so um they've definitely like improved like all of them like i'm looking around you can like martini are doing alcohol free like sweet vermouths and aperol and stuff like that that's that's too crazy but it's it's yeah like having the option of a you know a cocktail you can have that you know getting away from just having a coke or an orange juice or a soda water like it's i don't know i'm i'm pretty impressed the guinness was pretty nice well uh happy dry january to all who are celebrating maybe it's a dry 2024 for you out there and we support you uh, as well so yeah uh, that's how our uh, dry January is going. That we're watching all the other wrestling that we usually pass on, yeah, because we got nothing else to do. Uh, so yeah, this was a great weekend for that because there was all this other wrestling. Uh, is there any other AEW uh, that we kind of missed? We I think we kind of covered it all. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's about it from this week. You had uh, Collision. What it was the Daniel Garcia and House of Black FTR. Uh, sorry, FTR and Daniel Garcia versus House of Black, which was yeah was fun it it feels kind of like this just um you know we had it before with um bullet club gold and cm punk it's just this is the program for the next month on collision is just these guys it feels yeah. like yeah the it's funny that they were making a big deal of hangman on collision because they're like it's his first time on collision i'm like huh i wonder why it took yeah. him so long to get on this show. Weird. I actually thought him and JD Drake was, was great. I know we've watched him in the past and when given the opportunity, I, I do love that guy. He's, you know, he's pretty entertaining. He's uh, I think the workhorsemen are definitely people that they could maybe focus on a bit more in, in building up this tag division. Cause there's something a little different about them. And, and I, I like JD Drake a lot. Um, so yeah, I I'd like to see a bit more focus on them in the tag. Yeah, me too. Uh, okay, so what other wrestling did we watch this uh, this weekend? Are we going in somewhat order? Um, I don't have much on SmackDown, but uh, there was the segment with Tyler Bate and Butch I'd like to maybe talk about. Okay, I didn't necessarily see it, but I watched SmackDown in clip form, if you call it that. Uh, but I just saw that they kind of rechristened him Pete Dunne. Not Peter? yet. Not yet, okay, but we're, okay. we're getting there. So they, they went for coffee. It, it's kind of funny watching uh, watching this stuff live and then being on Twitter because you've got everyone kind of going off on uh, the, you know, production. They had um, 
Katana Chance and Caden Carter being at the nightclub the week before. And now you've got Pete Dunne and uh, Tyler Bate being at the coffee shop. You and I having watched NXT for a long time, like they were doing this pre 2.0. So it's, it doesn't really phase me. And it's, but it's definitely since Kevin Dunn's gone, something they're starting to implement a bit on the main roster. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't mind this. You kind of had Tyler Bate with sort of his meditating gimmick, you know, being that hipster drinking a, a cardamom chai latte and Butch what? having a, a black coffee. Butch saying he wants to like kind of, it was fun last week doing British st- strong style, but wants to go off on his own. And Tyler Bate telling him that I don't think this is you and you need to find yourself and find that person within you. And who is that person called and that kind of stuff. So setting up nicely, kind of rewriting some like, you know, retconning some stuff. And it looks like we'll be getting Pete Dunne back uh, in uh, in the next few weeks. Very similar to what they did with, you know, Max Dupree and uh, LA Knight. But I'm all for it. Uh, and I think having these two as a tag team for now is going to be better for them, especially for Tyler Bate, who maybe main roster people like main roster viewers aren't familiar with having them go forward as a tag team. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, these two will, will work so well together. And I have no doubt that if they go forward as a tag team on WWE main roster, that they will super get over. I mean, we've seen the skills that they've presented over the last like seven years here in WWE, but Pete Dunne is one that I'm like, oh man, I can't like stress how I think he's so good, but never used properly in WWE, NXT and everything. So I'm, I'm hoping this is a turnaround. Peter Dune. They also, uh, Tyler Bate referenced um, a, I can't remember the words he said exactly, but like a mentor or something referencing right back to the UK championship tournament. Um, so referencing Regal essentially. So I Ooh. wonder if, you will see uh, Regal paired with these two, and you know, and, maybe, and his kid. Maybe Dempsey moves up with them at some point, but uh, we know that Regal can be an on-screen character now. Um, they did have that stuff. It was the main story of the first tournament, really, wasn't it? I remember Pete Dunne like laying out someone as they're all standing in the thing, and yeah. Regal getting in his face, and it almost felt like they were teasing a match between the two of them, but. Uh, I'd like to see the pairing of uh, Regal with these two, especially where, you know, Baton and Dunn, they can talk. They're not the most spectacular promos in the in the world. And I think having Regal attached to them might in, like, again, main roster audience mind make these two feel like a bit of a bigger deal than being the the dog sidekick and this little homeless man who's just shown up on SmackDown. Yeah, like fucking some beach yoga instructor and then some mean British dog guy. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think if you have Regal as a mouthpiece, whether you bring in Charlie Dempsey, Regal jr or Ridge, keep Ridge as like their muscle. I think you have like the, the WWE's version of the Blackpool combat club, like the British strong style, I guess is what you'd call them. But I, again, uh, they're doing a lot more shows around the world. You need, you know, your LWOs, your British lads, you need, you're oh, things. So when you go do these shows, they're a super over thing. But but specifically, Tyler Bate and Dunn are like really amazing talent that can't be wasted away. I just hope they get a new finishing move because that double Tyler thing. Yeah, uh, not the throw thing. it in the bin. Yeah, in the fucking bin. It's awful. So uh, they'll figure it out though. And I, I I like Dempsey, so I wouldn't mind him joining. Yeah, 
the only other thing I really wanted to mention was uh, the whole damage control segment with uh, Bailey taking on Bianca Belair uh, with all of dam- damage control at ringside and Bianca winning cleanly and damage control not doing anything in the match to help out Bailey and afterwards Bailey saying to them like whoa I, I thought you'd be there to help me out and they're going oh look I mean the referee was looking right at us we didn't want to get you disqualified but you're going into the rumble and you're going to need to do this on your own so we're kind of preparing you for that by having you go out there on your own and I I think this is the start of the uh, Bailey's probably my pick to win the thing I think of the the kind of top stars in the women's division she's the one who hasn't won it yet um, and I think it would be a good way of baby facing her, you know, have her start early and go all the way through. And I think it will lead to the eventual breakup and you have Bailey EO set for Mania. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty big match, right? Bailey and EO Bailey's Bailey heel turn. I, I mean, face turn, I guess. Yeah. And, the I, one and I started this, but like... and I think you have Bailey sort of prove herself, you know, when we've seen the gauntlet matches in the past, which is a real good way to get over someone quickly by having them run the gauntlet. You do that with Bailey here and you have some great kind of close eliminations throughout the match where she holds on and, you know, maybe damage control trying to screw her right at the end. And she comes out triumphant and sets up that match. Cause I imagine we're getting Becky Rhea, but I don't think Becky necessarily needs to win the yeah. Rumble to go for that. I, I, I'd say it's with, yeah, I'd say it's between Becky and Bailey winning the Rumble. I don't necessarily like you could have Bailey be screwed out of winning the Rumble and therefore creates that story as well, right? So either way, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind Becky winning it as well. But EO should be the. It's kind of like last year. It's like EO should be the baby face that everyone wants to cheer for. Yeah, but join Bailey and her her meanies, and then now Bailey is like actually. There's too many meanies and I'm a good guy again. It's kind of a little backwards, but. They teased as well uh, that when um, Dakota Kai is uh, is like healthy, that maybe she'll go for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, okay. Which cool. would be kind of nice to see. She was there for a long time and it was the thing she never really did. So like, hopefully she's sooner rather than later. And maybe, you know, maybe if she's ready for stand and deliver, you have Lyra versus Dakota. Uh, which could be could be all right. Could be pretty cool. Oh, yeah, with all the kicks. Uh, something else I saw from SmackDown was the the contenders for the match against Roman in the Fatal Four Way hitting the Shield Bomb on Solo Sokoa through the commentary desk. I thought yeah. that was pretty good. Uh, that should be a fun match at the Rumble. Like those are four big acts in wrestling, and I, I has it, it's been a while since like a big Fatal Four Way on a pay per view. Obviously, no one's beating Roman for the title, but it. I think it'll still be pretty entertaining. And, and I don't think, I'm trying to remember if Roman's had any multi-man matches uh, with this reign. Like, hmm. certainly not for a, a long time. They've all kind of been singles matches. And I think maybe this is to to hold off the Randy Orton-Roman Reigns match for Elimination Chamber. You have that, which is, you know, the Rumble's already big enough with the two Rumble matches. So you don't really need a big marquee title match. So I think this serves that. It also means... You know, you're keeping uh, these three baby faces out of the rumble. So you're kind of stopping yourself from, you know, crowd getting mad because LA Knight's eliminated or something like that, perhaps. Uh, But I could see them going for Randy and Roman, you know, Roman not being pinned and uh, Randy Roman at the chamber, perhaps. 
Job Nobly in the chat says, yes, Roman fought Edge and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Oh, Uh, yeah. Stack them and pin them. So three three years ago. He beat them so bad they went to a different company. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there, there's some good stuff uh, coming for the Royal Rumble. Uh, I'm I'm definitely excited. In the next few weeks, it's going to ramp up. So that's in a few weeks, and then we're we're going to be watching it on the big screens at the bar in Toronto, and it's going to be a packed house. I know we'll, we'll be having some fun um, with our Royal Rumble shot. Oh yeah, where you don't know what you get when you order the shot. That's going to be pretty fun. So I'm definitely going to have a few of those for uh, the Rumble matches. But yeah, uh, anything else from WWE SmackDown? We we mentioned. Raw this week is going to have Jinder and Seth. Seth going to drop the title to Jinder. Yeah, we we can talk about that on on Tuesday after the match. But yeah, I you know have Jinder win it for a couple of weeks and drop yeah. it back at the Rumble. Why not? Yeah, why not? Do it. Book it. Uh, do you want to go to TNA next? TNA Hard to Kill. I love the fact that this was the name of the pay per view where they brought back the name because the true cockroach of professional wrestling is TNA wrestling. And they are in fact hard to kill. And it feels like a whole, a whole new Genesis, a restart, a rehash, a rebrand of this company going forward in 2024. And I got to, you know, I'm not the biggest TNA fan. I've definitely lost a lot of interest in them in the last few years. And to be honest, every time someone goes, oh, you got to watch Impact Wrestling, they've got Mike Bailey, they've got Josh Alexander. And then I tune in and I watch their matches and I go, hey, that was pretty good. And then absolutely hate everything else going on in the show. So I'm definitely a hard one to crack when it comes to jumping back in and making this something to add to my regular viewing uh, with reasons, like I just said. But I, I tuned in to watch some of the pay-per-view. Uh, as I tuned in, Tommy Dreamer, was a champion in TNA in 2024. I guess I'll give them benefit of the doubt. He dropped the title. So that's a plus. And I'm not knocking Tommy Dreamer, but like that was the first thing I saw when I tuned in was not a, not something to, to hook me back in there. Um, and then on top of that, you know, I always love to joke about how every time I tune into TNA or impact wrestling, I keep seeing Eddie Edwards wife. Mm-hmm. Here she here she was again, starting a new faction or something with Eddie Edwards, who's got the greatest name in professional wrestling, Edwards, Edwards. Um, but uh, that's just kind of the, the negatives that I saw. There was still some great wrestling. I think TNA's just from a glance here has got the, the tag division on lock. I mean, GYV being a huge fan of those guys through their run in, in NXT and NXT UK and can't wait to see them like fly away in 2024 and and go free and starting here in TNA, they didn't win the tag titles here, but I think there's a lot in the chase there, but TNA ABC have been a great team as well. Like, yeah, yeah. it's a bit of a cluster, but I, I thought it was, it was pretty fun. And there was some crazy stuff, especially like the last minute of the match where just everyone was hitting their moves. Uh, Yeah. I thought, I thought that was pretty fun. They got, they got a lot of the tag teams, going there like the the abc bay and, and ace austin they're they're definitely proving themselves uh the rascals obviously i'm blanking on who is the other team in that match now um, it was bailey and laredo kid oh right sorry it was supposed to be Trent. I, oh yeah trent was meant to be in the match um, yeah 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 but bailey. it's been crazy weather and stuff i'm sure a lot of wrestlers missed their flights and stuff this weekend but yeah i i enjoyed that match i also enjoyed the x division four-way match as well so two four-way matches i really enjoyed like king o doing 
all the sorts three of crazy. Way. Sorry, three way. Yeah, yeah. my my bad. Um, Vikingo hitting that four fifty to the outside and just the thud of his yeah. knees hitting the ramp. Oh my god! I know he's he was icing those bad boys right afterwards. That looked so painful for him, but uh, that was a pretty fun match as well. Uh, and then I kind of had like the rest of the show on in the background, and uh, it was it was okay. Uh, I I can't get I I've not been enjoying the run of Alex Shelley as their champion as much as I think I think I, I should have or would have. I just don't think having him the champion as that character is like was the right move, and I guess they realized that after some time. We go to uh, Demand Lucha, and he's been been showcasing there since being the champion for impact and he comes out as a heel his music doesn't he just doesn't like it's like wasting away an act that people want to it's it's he's a nostalgia act for some people like he was wrestling in tna like 20 years ago so it's like it is it, it wasn't necessarily the run maybe i thought we'd get out of him being champion i don't think uh, it worked as well as maybe they thought it was and then to give it to Moose again, someone I'm just like I have no interest in watching anymore. It's it's run its course. Every time I watch his matches, I'm not too into them. Uh, but obviously, the big story coming from from after the match, coming face to face with Moose, who's now won the title back, is Nick Nemeth, Dolph Ziggler showing up in TNA, and I think that's a pretty smart move. Uh, him showing up at Wrestle Kingdom a week or so ago was was pretty interesting. And I think threw some people off that he might show up in TNA, but smart move because what else do they really have going on? He's going to be like their main focus and their main guy and, and everything where he would get lost in the shuffle if he kind of showed up in other places. However, is this the biggest signing in the history of TNA wrestling as Scott Demore was proclaiming, is he bigger than Kurt Angle? Is he bigger than Sting? Is he bigger than Disco Inferno? I don't know whoever else has been in TNA. I, I think it's a pretty good move, but at the same time, I'm like, hmm, it's if Dolph Ziggler jumped ship 10 years ago, I think we'd be talking. I think it, I'd, I'd have a lot more interest right now. I'm like, cool. Good for him. But I don't know if it's enough that makes would make me tune into Impact every week. No, it's not the biggest sign of all time. It's absolutely the right move, I think, for Nick Nemeth. I like I could see him having a match or two in AEW, but I don't think there's necessarily room for him. And and I think it is a bit of a, a shot in an ar- in the arm for uh, for TNA. Um, and I'd like to see him. Like he, he's a guy who probably has a lot of money from his WWE days and doesn't necessarily need to go out and wrestle, but, you know, choosing to do new Japan, choosing to do uh, TNA uh, I'm interested to see how he is and, and if his style changes at all and to mix it up with some of these guys, I, I kind of felt um, similar with the pay-per-view. I didn't feel there was much difference at all from the impact pay-per-views I've been watching um in the past i think a big problem i have is they do have some fantastic wrestlers in this company but they sort of bog down these pay-per-views with unnecessary like multi-person and six man and and things that i think you should be saving for tv i don't think uh i don't think pco dirty dango needs to be on this i don't think jake something pco and rhino versus Alpha Brava, Dirty Dango, and Oleg Prudius needs to be on this. I like <laughs> Decay. Decay for me haven't changed. Like Havoc and Rosemary 
have been the same for me for years. And I, there's nothing fresh in that. Um, and I think we've seen, and WWE have definitely learned from it. We had those times where we had these like huge, like bloated cards with unnecessary matches we don't need. And now we've seen they've trimmed them right down. You can you can put featured matches on TV, but when it's your pay-per-view, let's just have the very best. It's that takeover style. And I think if you you cut this card down and you had like your you know ultimate X match, your X Division three-way, a like showcase Josh Alexander match, the tag, the women's, the world title, I think it would have felt like a lot of a lot more hot show. Whereas instead I'm watching and a like two hours of this show were just nothing. And it was stuff you could have put on TV. And it, it makes, it devalues the promotion for me. It makes it look cheap when I'm watching Tommy Dreamer or Rhino still going out there, you know? On, yeah, and that's, and that's and not that, knocking them, right? But like, no, like there's a place for these people, you know, yeah. them showing up at a, uh, at a, at an indie show, like that. You know, we go to Demand Lucha and Rhino comes out as a surprise. We're like, ah, fuck yeah, Rhino. For a pay-per-view, no. Like, and you've got, like, incredible stars there. Like, you could say a a Mike Bailey is lost being in this, like, four-way tag match. Uh, You have, I know you're not a fan, but Steve Macklin, Rich Swan in the pre-show match. They're two talents that could have put something on more significant on the main show. And I didn't feel there was enough change from apart from name and having the tunnels back that really <laughs> made it feel particularly different to me. Uh, main event dragged a little. I, I I got into it in like the last five or so minutes. There was some good like, you know, near falls and things. I am higher up on, on Moose than you are. I think he's pretty athletic for a big guy. But again, we've seen him in this position for quite a long time in this company. So it's not necessarily fresh. Uh, Jordan Grace, you know, it's just reset, put the knockouts title back on her. She's by far the best woman in this company. And Trinity, I assume that was her swan song as she uh, makes her way to uh, St. Pete's for the Rumble. Um, But I was kind of hoping to see, you know, maybe a few more signings than this and maybe... uh, a bit more of a reset and a change in feel or direction than we got. And maybe it's something that you can't have it all at once. And over the course of the next few months, we will see that change, but I didn't necessarily get it on day one. Yeah. uh, And, you know, maybe that's some things they got to work out and and going forward. I think they'll be fine with, with Ziggler there with Nick Nemeth. Like that's a great guy to put your title on, to revolve everything around him. He'll be a great asset because there's still the fans there, right? Like I joked like, yeah, 10 years ago, this would be like somewhat of a needle mover. But right now it's like, "Mm, don't really care. But I do see like, and it's, it's usually from people that, you know, just don't watch TNA at all, but, uh, kind of grumbling about Nick Nemeth being there. I'm like, what do you want him to do? Like, if he shows up at T- at AEW, people will go, oh, it's TNAEW. Like, just bring in all the ex-WWE guys. Yeah. Like, it's like, what do you want this guy to do? And I, I think I think Impact is the right move. You know, be right at the top there. Uh, have a world title feud. Mix it with your, you know, your Sabins and your Shelleys and your your Baileys and Josh Alexanders and things. And we've seen TNA do these kind of six month contracts as well. 
So it's not necessarily he's there for the long haul, but I I think him and Ali are doing the right move to start with and just showing up in all these different places. Yeah, I, you're going to see him, yeah. You're going to see all these guys showing up everywhere they can because they're finally free, and that's what wrestling is is hot right now, and there's so many different little sub-pockets you can jump into and and join in and and the world of you know the internet you can use that to hype matches and storylines and stuff so i i think this is the right move for him uh, i think he'll beat moose for the title whenever they eventually do fight uh today ziggler sorry nemeth is facing zachary wentz in his first match uh back. okay so they're, they're taping that as we're probably uh, speaking but like that that seems pretty cool i, I imagine he beats moose for the title if I'm TNA, the stuff that I watch from this pay-per-view, I, I, it did not make me want to watch this show going forward. I won't be checking out Impact on a weekly basis. But if you ask me, like their next pay-per-view after Ziggler wins the belt or whatever, it, it should be Bailey. Bailey and Ziggler should be your, your big main title program. Osprey, the hottest act in wrestling, comes in, has stellar matches with these guys, Alexander and Bailey and look where they're like relegated to on this, on this, yeah. on this card. So yeah. Uh, as much yeah, as they're, they're the two I'd, yeah. I'd like to see like uh, Josh Alexander, so, Dolph Ziggler, I think would be excellent as well. Uh, yeah. Both have that so, like amateur wrestling background as well. Um, so like, yeah, there's, there's good stuff. Don't get me wrong, but it, it, it didn't necessarily come across as a great show for me uh, watching this yesterday. So I'm happy that Ziggler's there and I'm looking forward to the future for them. And again, as long as wrestling's thriving, I'm, I'm a happy camper and there's so much to watch in one week. So if someone were to be like, Oh, you got to check out this Ziggler TNA match. Like, yeah, throw it on. Like, why not? Right. But I definitely, uh, this- as someone like who's watched this guy for what, like 14 years time. or something like that. Now I am curious to see, cause I've always been high up on Ziggler and the thing has been, the stop starts that it eventually killed interest in the guy, but yeah. I, I like his wrestling and uh, I want to see what he can do. So he definitely, I'm like you, I'm not going to be watching the entire shows, but I will be dipping into, you know, watch his, uh, his new Japan matches and his, his impact matches, at least for the first little stint to see what's up and what's going on. Well, I thought that that was the, the big blonde entrance that was making their debut at hard to kill, but it turns out he was not the blonde that they were promoting. They were talking about timeless Dana yeah. Brooke. Yes. Uh, Ash, the elegance, is it? Ash elegance, elegance, the Ash. Uh, yeah. Um, good for her as well. Hey, maybe she'll actually step up. It seemed like in her last stint in WWE, she was adamant on trying to get better, trying to improve actual wrestling. So, Maybe that's something she'll be able to do in this kind of... Uh, she, was, she was teasing Deathmatch Dana, wasn't she, before she got... She was, and then it was like a kendo stick, and that was it. So maybe maybe we do see death Deathmatch Ash or whatever. We see her at Bloodsport, yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know if we're going to see her at Bloodsport. No, I, I always think it's interesting with the <laughs> the talents that are have only ever wrestled in WWE, you know, trained in the PC straight onto TV, have never worked an indie match or anything like that in their life. We've we've seen, uh, you know, people like Rick Boogs, who that's all he's known. And he's been like, you know what? I don't want to do it anymore. Like it's it's kind of WWE or nothing. So I, I respect the talents that are doing the other thing and being like, hey, I, I want to 
shoot my shot and see how I do out there. And we saw with this, the latest NXT run that, and even going back with what she had, she was like on main event every week with Sarah Logan, right? Like, and people would say, oh, she's, she's trying things and she's trying to improve. She is clearly someone that loves this. I don't think it necessarily comes naturally to her, but what do they say? 10,000 hours to become an expert and, you know, maybe working in a different setting and she's clearly trying uh, a, a different character so far, as you said, very timeless-esque right now. But yeah, I'm curious and would like to see her improve and, and see what she does outside of WWE. Yeah, uh, again, it's easy to just be like, oh, here we go, no more WWE. But we'll see if if it does, maybe she she doesn't improve and it's just another, you know, cog in the wheel there. But um, overall, yeah, TNA going forward, we'll see. We had uh, Top Dalla show up as well. We can't forget about a- AJ Franci- Francis. Was he going yeah. by AJ Francis? Yeah. Uh, and DJ Who Kid, the talk of the town yeah. in the world of wrestling this week. Show up. I will say Joe Hendry is pretty hilarious and when we went to tna in toronto last summer we went with a bunch of friends Uh, i still have friends who work uh there so they basically got us uh, some connects and some free tickets and we went and he brought some of his friends who don't watch wrestling and joe hendry was the like overall favorite of the show like everyone was like whoever that guy is he's hilarious every time i've seen him he is pretty funny and uh the, the spot in the beginning with AJ Francis where he plays that video like mocking him is was pretty hilarious. So uh, I imagine AJ Francis continues to show up in TNA as well. Who he is someone like you, I think he learned. I mean, he's he's obviously being welcomed to GCW and, and all these indie shows with open arms. But think back to when he was on WWE TV. He's someone who loves to use his Twitter fingers. And he was someone who would like bash like indies and all these like oh you guys are broke you ain't in wwe i'm I'm in the nfl and wwe and then now on the other side like he's very like oh thank you everyone for welcoming me to these things it's like yeah i mean maybe you shouldn't you know shit while you're on the top because one day you'll be down there and someone will be shitting on you so i think i think some people should learn that that like hey you know don't don't forget you know there's there's levels to this and sometimes don't work out and you got to be uh crawling with the the tail between your legs asking for some i mean that's the thing with wrestling though it's always like oh i was i was i was, I was joking heel heel heat brother it's like back in the day on msn you're like oh my my friend just logged into my account <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've all been there yeah, yeah. yeah. oh it wasn't it wasn't me my friend logged in uh, yeah he said that yeah. yeah i didn't mean to ask you out um so yeah uh <laughs> That was that was TNA hard to kill, and they are in fact hard to kill. They'll never truly go out of business as long as Eddie Edwards' wife is still on TV. So, mm-hmm. uh, really uh, good for them. I'm happy that they're still going, and they had a great crowd there in Vegas. Like it looked good um, with the tunnels. Their biggest crowd in eight years, I think. They wow, said. good yeah. for them. Good for them. Good. Of course, people on the internet will be like, "Oh, see, they they're doing great." AEW. There's probably like two thousand people there, if if that. But still, it was, it was, yeah, it was under under two. Yeah, but still, like, good for them. Good for them. And then we had uh, Battle in the Valley last night as well from uh, the San Jose Civic Arena in San Jose, California. Yeah, this was pretty cool. So New Japan obviously coming off of Wrestle Kingdom last week or so, and they advertised this show with having Okada on the show. And then within a week, they're like, hey, uh, Okada is going to face Osprey for quote-unquote potentially 
the last time ever, maybe mm -hmm. possibly until three years when they face at WrestleMania one day. Uh, but so that was easily the draw for, I know myself and I'm sure for a lot of other wrestling fans, but then they, 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 they added in some sprinkles of some other great stuff that I just knew I had to check out. And I was glad that I did because I'll get into the main event, but some of the stuff before that was, was pretty great, including the real re-debut of someone on the Saturday night, jungle boy, Jack Perry, the scapegoat, if you will, yeah. showing up attacking shooter in the crowd. I always do love a good uh, mask in the crowd where it looked like one of the security guards was trying to physically Wasn't stop him. Yeah. <laughs> and like anytime that happens in wrestling, like I love it. It's then you're doing a good job. It's believable. Uh, always so, think of that woman at WrestleMania 33 <laughs> stopping Gronk. Fantastic. So uh, I, I recently think of when it was uh, Don Callis and, and yeah. Kenny in Mexico and like he was yeah. just jumped and he's like, yo, what the fuck? Anyway, so so Jack Perry showing up, he attacks Shooter, he takes off the mask, he rips up his AEW contract. I don't know if that's how contracts necessarily work, but he ripped up his contract, put no, on it's the... It, it's 100% that. And also if I, if I steal your contract, that contract's also mine now. Oh, that's that's yeah, how yeah, wrestling yeah. works. Uh, so then he wears the armband that says scapegoat and uh, he grew a beard ever since getting beat up by CM Punk. He's grown a beard out playoff beard, kind of looking a little uh, looking like he's been living in a jungle, to be honest uh, here. Uh, I, I, I think I'm in the minority, but like, cool. Uh, this whole thing with CM Punk was a black cloud over this guy, I'm sure, and will remain to. And people will definitely laugh and poke and call him names and this and that. And, the, the guy's probably like, fuck, man, I just want to wrestle because that's how I pay my bills. So why shouldn't he be like, you know, used as a heel right now? Because clearly people want to boo him. So I'm going to give him benefit of the doubt for a while and see where they can go. I'm not saying this guy's going to be your your main players in this New Japan Strong or anything. But him having a program with Shota, like, yeah, that sounds pretty good. So I, I think I am in the minority of being a Jungle Boy fan. But. Let's see where it goes. Why not? It's it's wrestling, and he's taking what he, something that is something and going with it. Then you can't necessarily blame the guy. But I'll still laugh at the memes and the jokes and stuff. But I I think I'm in Jack Perry's corner. I I thought this was great. I I love this. I okay. think people forget that uh, people did like Jungle Boy once. Yeah, you know, the whole Jurassic Express people were so into Jungle Boy, and then I think he was victim of you know his promos not being great when he turned heel and i think the uh the whole four pillars thing rubbed people off the up the wrong way and that's when they started to to turn on him a bit and then you had the real life punk situation which if you're a punk fan you kind of blame jack perry for this and uh you know i i think there's been way more instance with punk in AEW than there has with jack perry um but I, I think this is actually really smart. You know, AEW and New Japan have this working agreement. I think if you were to bring back uh, Jack Perry straight to AEW, you'd just, you'd risk the wrong kind of heat, the wrong kind of booze and stuff. And like, if he was revealed to have been the devil back then, I think people would have groaned. Um, I think this is smart. You can do a kind of like work shoot story with him you know, leaving AEW to go to New Japan. It kind of, it takes that initial heat off a bit. You know, you're seeing him in a different setting. 
uh, can work with different people. Like I like, like I love his wrestling. His wrestling's great, and see him mix it up with some of these guys. And yeah, I I wonder if it could be, you know, we've got this continental crown right now, which essentially is the the title for New Japan Strong Ring of Honor and AEW, and a there's not much bigger a babyface right now than Eddie Kingston. I could see that as a program you could do on Strong to maybe have Jack Perry take this off him, and it could be a way to get him then back into AEW with that title. Because I'd, I'd like to see, if you're going to do something with this title, I want to see it migrate a bit and you know have a bit of a period just living in New Japan Strong World and then over in Ring of Honor and then back to AEW or something. And I think that could be a good, not immediate feud. You obviously had him take out Shooter to start with, but I could see that being something you could do down the line. Uh, yeah, and this guy's 26, man. Like he's a kid still, and I th- I think uh, the best is yet to come with him. And I I I think them using the fact the, the scapegoat thing again. What what do people know him now for? Is this like punk thing? Then use that in some way to to power whatever you're using. I, I think he can turn things around. But again, I still will enjoy the the jokes and memes. But and it's absolutely the time to bring him back. You know, the guy you had a fight with is now probably on bigger money in a bigger company. Like how how much can you punish this guy? Like both both were in the wrong. I'd say Punk personally. I think from what I've heard about everything, Punk seems more in the wrong. Uh, yeah, I, well, ask, and well, he's DJ's he, and he'd, he'd been the one, you know, dropping lines in promos, attacking people anyway. And he had a hissy fit about real glass, Crimea River, grow up. Uh, Again, anyway. there's so many, there's so many of these AEW things where it's like we hear things online, and he said, she said, and it's like, will we ever really get the firsthand accounts from it? And so far, it's from DJ Who Kid. So <laughs> it, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I, that's it, been my favorite thing this week, telling people. Like, hey, uh, you know DJ Who Kid? And some of my friends are like, yeah, uh, okay. And then some people are like, no. And then it's like, yeah, he's the first one to really uh, give some insight on what the fuck's been going on in wrestling. It's so funny. Like, we've made the joke before about the whole punk story about the Charlie Day meme because it's like, okay, so he was in this company and he was friends with Colt Cabana and then he left and then went back into wrestling and then you have Luke Perry's kid and all that. And, <laughs> no, wait, adding, and then DJ Who Kid was there. Like, and he a, it's like, sorry. And, and there's the this big of, Hawaiian dude. <laughs> and it's the owner of Jacksonville Jaguars and full of FC. And all that yeah, wrestling's great. Wrestling's great. So Bizarre. never, ever stop loving wrestling because uh, this shit's so wild. So yeah. Uh, I'm all I'm all for Jungle Boy. I, I'm I'm excited to see where it goes like, again. Just it's something you know in wrestling. Like for me, I love a good entrance. Obviously, I love a good wrestling match. I love a good promo, and I love seeing people show up where they're not supposed to be. You know, it's it's always been a thing. Like yeah. Monday Night Wars of oh this guy was on Monday and now he's on like he's on the other yeah. channel and all that sort of stuff. Like a good fun part of it and. You know, tuning in about in the valley. I tuned in a little late and literally just saw him in the ring. I was like, "Whoa, what the fuck?" Uh, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, I think it's a good move for for that. And going forward, I'll, I, I'm interested in that match because I'm a huge Shota Umino fan. I think he's going to be a, a big name in, in New Japan in the future. So, Red Shoes Kid versus Luke Perry's Kid. Who is going to win? Battle of the Nepo Babies. 
Can't wait to see it. Uh, some other things before the main event of Battle in the Valley. Uh, we had, well, in that same match, uh, Jacob Fatu. I know he had some cool spots, and I'm sure people are wanting to see him kind of show up in either WWE or, or AEW. Um, we had, I, I'm just going going through stuff I, I did catch. Uh, Julia and Trisha Dora. I think Julia is someone we could be seeing in either WWE, it seems, in the near future, NXT possibly. She's really great to watch. Commentary I, not shying away from it either. Like Vader Scott was saying, like, oh, Julia's been a big talk recently with her contract status and where she'll land. So, um, yeah, like no secret there. But I, I'd love to see her in NXT. I got to give props to uh, – I've seen Trisha Dora before, but I think this is the first time, like, in recent memory and watching her against Julia and, and them calling her finisher, the Lariat Tubman definitely got a huge pop out of me. So Trisha Dora uh, so far I'm is, is thumbs up in my book. Uh, the, the chosen bros, Matt Riddle and his partner of surprise partner, which they kind of botched as they, surprise, threw up his, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Surprise as they threw up his name key as Matt Riddle was making his entrance, but Jeff Cobb and Matt Riddle taking on, TMDK, Zack Sabre Jr., and Bad Dude Tito. Now, I could be wrong. Tito was in the G1 this year or last year, right? Or the year uh, before that. He was, he was in a G1. Maybe. And and I was like, man, who the fuck is Tito, right? Like in, in Japan, Jackson, I'm Tito. However, yo, Bad Dude Tito, he's pretty bad. He's, he's kind of good, actually. Uh, I, I was really enjoying him tangle with Cobb and Riddle in this match. And I know, say what you want about Riddle, but we kind of talked about it off the top of, well, wrestlers and wrestlers going to do wrestler things. And Riddle here in New Japan, we've seen him in the indies before his WWE stint. And he was, he was pretty much like a king of the indies before going to, to NXT. And here he is tangling up Zack Sabre Jr. That was very, uh, cool to see the wrestling but oh yeah we saw them mix it up a bunch uh, yeah yeah exactly progress days and stuff so these two with having history that was pretty good uh Cobb is someone who can be hit or miss for me but tangling with these guys uh made it a bit more interesting but coming out of this bad dude Tito I was like okay okay I had to look him up a little bit like hey this guy is you know young he's been training for in the dojo in Cali there but uh, he's got a silly name, but I can I can go with it. So uh, maybe maybe yeah, we need an elevation of the TMDK guys this year. I think you know, yeah. like st- strap up Zach. Come on, let's yeah yeah Zach can be uh, a main main player for New Japan. Uh, I think there uh, something else that happened on Battle in the Valley is they aired the Mustafa Ali twenty twenty four video in Ali we trust. Uh, they play out that he is free. He is going to be on this world tour and he calls out Hiromu Takahashi for the Windy City Riot later this year in April I think the week after WrestleMania and my eyes just got huge as he he called out Takahashi here so that match please take my money Ali versus Hiromu is not something that was on my bingo card that right away I went okay yeah I want to watch that so uh the the world tour of Ali is really in full effect. Yeah, that that sounds awesome. We'll definitely check out that match. The, these these US shows definitely seem uh, like this one and the the next one has has my interest a lot more than previous ones they've put on, which I've I've kind of not really checked out. But uh, definitely the a couple of matches on this show had my interest, and certainly announcing Hiromu versus uh, Ali uh, has my interest. 
Yeah, uh, Ali making his return just last night, I think, as well, against Gringo Loco. Uh, we'll be seeing them demand Lucha, Gringo versus Ali versus Cartwheel. That's going to be amazing. But Ali's just, like, going on this crazy run of just facing all these guys that he wants to face. And Indies, New Japan, who knows where he'll pop up. But this is pretty cool uh, seeing him here doing this video and calling out Hiromo. That's definitely something I can't wait to see. Uh, another match I watched that that – didn't necessarily have two of my interest. I'm not too familiar with the game of Gabe Kidd, but after watching him versus Eddie Kingston, he's got himself a fan. This uh, this asshole Gabriel Kidd, Gabe Kidd here, L- little Gabriel Kidd. Oh man, he is. You remember awesome. that when when Cody just said and wrestling all these guys like little Gabriel Kidd. Yeah, he's not like, little, what? but he's not- yeah, yeah, it was. Weird. Uh, uh, I, I love this match. Eddie Kingston is just having a crazy run this this little while. Definitely stepping it up. Not only one of the best on the mic, but just his matches are just so believable. And they're like movies in themselves. But Gabe Kidd stepping up and was just bringing it to Kingston there with the chops and everything. And then even after the match, it's like Kingston's about to roll in to break, like to win. And Gabe's about to get counted out. And then he calls him like, you fuck bitch. And Eddie's like, what did you just say? So rolls out, gets the double count out as he's just walloping on him. So uh, as as just first impressions, I know I'm a casual New Japan Strong watcher. I usually tend to just watch these like specials and stuff. But Gabe, Gabe Kidd should be like the leader of the Bullet Club going forward. I don't know if Finley's got the juice in the sauce. I think it's this kid, literally kid, because he's like 26 years old. But Gabriel Kidd has got the the look, he's got the body, he's got the wrestling, and he's got the like attitude on the microphone that right away I've I've seen him before, obviously, but this was a real like kind of oh, hold on. Like I really, really like that. So I, I yeah, think going I, forward, he should be you you kind of said earlier, like, hey, let the the undercards of these stables like take the reins and Right away, it's Gabe Kidd has something, my something uh, I think, yeah, Finley hasn't completely clicked uh, for yeah. me, but uh, War Dogs as a whole, I think, is kind of working. And I, I like, like, I'm enjoying Alex Coughlin as well. Um, and I think the G1 did a great job of really getting over this asshole character from Gabe Kidd because he was doing a lot of this throughout the run. Um, like, a lo- I think it was like every match he'd attack the guy during their entrance. Uh, and brawl around before the match started and stuff like that. But uh, definitely works and really coming into his own now. And uh, yeah, had a had a good Eddie Kingston style match here, which uh, just, you know, playing the prick makes it even more fun for Eddie to get pissed off and fired up again. So you yeah, fuck, I, bitch. I enjoyed this one. Yeah, this match fucking cracked. I, I really uh, loved it. So I, I assume we get a rematch because of the finish and kind of what happens later on. But yeah, he's someone I'm definitely going to be having my eyes on uh, in 2024. Uh, another match on this show, Shingo Takagi taking on John Moxley in a no DQ match. Shingo coming out wearing fucking jeans yeah. for this street fight. He knew he wasn't about to play no games when he showed up in... He looks like he's going to paint the house, didn't he, or something like (laughs) Painting giant dragons. Uh, Yeah, this was funny. And then Moxley wearing, like, kick pads over his jeans, uh, which was also funny. This was great. Like, I I didn't know this was happening. I was looking at the card before starting. I was like, holy shit, we're getting Moxley v. Shingo and then trying to think if we've seen this before. But, uh, I mean, definitely working a a Moxley match rather than a, a Shingo match, but was still a lot of fun and 
the stuff with the like the kendo stick in the mouth and and in the head like yeah it was it was great uh great stuff here yeah i really love this as well getting into it i was like oh like this could have been your your wrestle kingdom match like these two these two seem like they'd be best friends they're both like bad motherfuckers as the commentary kept saying like they they shingo is being misused here but i i i in new japan i mean but here like this is yeah, everything I love in wrestling. They're killing each other. He's stabbing him in the head with the kendo sticks, the DVD off the top through the table. Shingo busting out the mist as well. It it was a super fun match and easily a, a, a front runner for match of the year this early on in, in 2024, but really got into this. I love Shingo. He's someone who could be their main guy in New Japan right now. No problem. But uh, Moxley then grabbing the mic and making it clear that, hey, I just beat this guy from from LIJ and there's someone else I think I could beat Naito. I want you and I want your championship. And it seems like it's official for that same Chicago show. Those Chicagoans getting everything all the time. Moxley Naito for the IWGP world heavyweight championship in Chicago. Uh, strap him up. This night. Yeah. Reigns absolutely. Strap him up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, come on. Dude, uh, this reign of terror from Naito, man, it's it's killing me. No, uh, yeah, actually, actually, Moxley, Moxley should pull a Wardlow, just win the title, and then give it to Shooter, and be like, "There you go." <laughs> you know I'm what? Though? Uh, I I I really think that could be pretty good as well. Naito yeah. and Moxley one on one for this title. Yeah, uh, imagine Moxley takes it. That would be pretty fun. I don't know where they'd go with that, but fuck it, like that's exciting. Yeah, Naito does the uh, the stalling and the pose, and then he just gets skewers in his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, book it. Um, so that's going to be happening. And then we had our main event, which was one last time, once in a million, once in a lifetime, Okada, Osprey, like nine or ten, I think. Uh, I think it was ten, maybe. Yeah. I love the, the video leading into this, going right back to, like, them at Rev Pro and Okada recruiting uh, Osprey and their matches uh, while they were still in chaos, leading to um, you know Osprey turning on him in the G1 and beating him that way uh, by, by cheating, and then showing his one in the, win in the G1 this year. Uh, them saying that both his his victories are kind of tainted, even though he won uh, this year's one. Well, sorry, 2023's match clean. It's still in that tournament setting when you're beaten down and you're not like fully prepared for it. So them kind of still selling Osprey's chasing for that one definitive win against Okada and still didn't get it. Osprey was like, hey, uh, Kazu, uh, you know, this is the last time we're going to fight. Uh, you think uh, think I could go over? It's not going to work for me, brother. Uh, no, you know Okada had to beat him because Osprey's leaving, Okada's staying. I imagine so, uh, and, and it's it, part of the story. It continues that story. Yeah, yeah. it still has some juice. Uh, if you go to this match when it's not for a title or added juice, if it ever is for a title, so I love that. Um, these two obviously have great, great chemistry. Um, I wouldn't put this as high as uh, a couple of their matches. Um, one that really stands out is the the one from the G1, not the heel turn, but the one bef- the year prior yeah, to that yeah, yeah. was awesome. And obviously their Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, that one for me, the Wrestle is- Kingdom one. I- I- I'd agree. I'd say this but, one didn't get to that level. But I love seeing, uh, you know, Osprey has 
is like this huge main eventer, best in the world, but still has little brother syndrome to Okada, where no matter what, like you're, I'm, I'm the youngest child. And no matter what I do, I'm still the little brother. You know, I'll still be the little brother when I'm fat and 60 years old, I'll still be little brother. And you got that in the way they worked. And sometimes Okada's match is a bit formulaic, but just having this extra layer to it and Osprey bullying, bullying his young boy essentially in this match, I think really worked. And especially with Okada coming on top and just the devastation you saw from Osprey afterwards, it really worked for me. Yeah, I, I love the chemistry between these two. It didn't get to maybe the level of some of their older matches, but still, I, I'd say probably my match of the night on this show with them two just oh, yeah. going back and forth. The the sequences that they had, like they knew they know each other so so well, and yeah, the video actually was really cool, showing like Okada's the one who they, when they had the match, and then he brought him into New Japan and saying like I've been here, I've been here since I've been a kid, and now he's like you know thirty, and he's like all right, time to see what else and and. I thought the match was great. Okada winning. Uh, Okada hitting the Stormbreaker was yeah. pretty cool. The the Rainbreaker, if you will. Um, and then, uh, obviously, the Rainmaker's on Okada. But then I think Okada kicked out of the Stormbreaker as well, which was like kind he of did. a big deal. So uh, I, I love this match all around and easily was the best, best match I watched this weekend. And the, I think these two are on the TNA show today as well that they're filming in Vegas. So we got like Okada teaming with a bunch of people. Uh, I'm sure he's facing Eddie Edwards' wife in some capacity. Uh, Osprey versus Alexander 2, I think, is what's scheduled uh, for today as well. So, like, they, they're wetting your whistle a little bit. But Osprey cutting the promo after hit the match with Okada, saying thank you to the fans and to the American fans, like, hey, get used to me because I'm going to be all around the States in the next three years. So, uh, and then the attack and then Eddie coming out because of Gabe Kidd and then saying, Eddie, I owe you one. I imagine that ties into something down the line too. So, they they were really they were really cooking with this show. I thought there were some little key elements that made me excited for the year to come in, in wrestling in New Japan strong, whatever you want to call this show. New Japan as a whole, I guess. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I thumbs up. I, I'd say that was my my favorite show that I watched this week or or last night, if you will, bec- between the three different ones. But uh, overall, like good, lots of good wrestling on TV this weekend. Yeah, I I feel I I picked a good weekend to be sick. <laughs> yeah. I uh, like I really wanted to go to work because I I need to work right now. But um, when I realized it was kind of shitty weather again, and honestly, like unless I'm completely drugged up, I could barely stand up yesterday. And then realizing, oh, I've got Collision, I've got Battle of the Belts, I've got Battle in the Valley, I've got TNA. I was like, fuck yeah, I can be sick tonight. Uh, so enjoyed staying in. Uh, watching a whole lot of wrestling was was nice was was good yeah yeah exactly well uh thank you everyone for listening to us ramble on about all the wrestling that was going on let us know uh if you agreed or disagreed with some of the stuff we said i mentioned we will be back on tuesday night on post wrestling feed here on youtube live for a new up next covering everything in the world of wwe nxt i'm sure we'll talk about gender and seth as well from raw uh, and then, yeah, we'll see you at the Rumble in a few weeks down in Toronto at our watch party at Gabby's. Get your tickets now if you're thinking of coming. Definitely come through. It's going to be a vibe. It's going to be a party. It's going to be a Rumble. And check us out, patreon.com slash poisonrana. It's only five bucks to become a friend, and you get a whole month's access of all the shows there, all the wrestling reviews, Best Match Ever Part 2, our 
profile on the Von Ericks, our basically a podcast documentary. Check that out and uh, let us know what you think because we had a fun time doing that and so many other shows. And like I said, five bucks to support your boys so that uh, we can we can go to Mania yeah. for Philly. So uh, we're, we're doing all this because we're prepping our trip to Mania in a few months. So Absolutely. I know Dickie saw the announcements for this New Japan Chicago show and he's kind of like, huh, I wonder if I should stay an extra week. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll see, Dickie. We'll see. No promises on that one. <laughs> I, I tell you what, no, not fling related, but I can't remember if it was you that recommended it or someone else, but uh, because I've been inside the last couple of days, I binge watched Beef on Netflix. Okay. Highly recommend it. I think I haven't finished it. it yet. Yeah, I watched some of it. Yeah. Oh, you've watched it? I yeah, I did this all in two days. Really, really loved that show. I just I was going through like the, the Globe winners and saw it won a bunch. So I was like, oh, I'll give that a go. And yeah, uh great stuff. Really I've been watching that. I watched uh, I watched a lot of wrestling today and yesterday, but I was also just going through some stand-up uh as of late as well. I watched the new Pete Davidson stand-up special, which got some laughs out of me, but that Shane Gillis guy is just like absolutely killing me laughing so uh, i've been i've been loving the stand-up stuff but oh we, we always love our recommendations guys anyone out there who's like oh i love watching this show or this movie or this or that uh, always appreciated uh things because yeah it's it's winter time it's cold it's dry january possibly dry february so bring on the stuff we need to watch i'm gonna watch so much wrestling in the next two months i'm sure so and i'm gonna watch howard the duck oh yeah that we did this to ourselves by letting Sino pick that, but it yeah. has it had it has to be done. He deserves it. He's a good lad. Yeah, he's all right, isn't he? Uh, appreciate everyone out there listening to us. Poisonrana.ca for everything at Poisonrana Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Go give us a follow, and that's the way you can connect with us as well as the Facebook group. So go give us a follow, a subscribe, all that little stuff helps. I myself, Brain Harrington. You can find me Twitter, Instagram. I'm at the Bray D. And I am at Davy Portman. That's it. That's all. Take care. Goodbye. Be safe. And what is Nick Nemeth doing in the impact zone? Ahoy! Poison Rana.